and it doesn't even have to be a financial incentive. It could be something else like you're going to be promoted. Mm. Uh, by the way, you know, if, if you do this, we're going to see, you, I can imagine you in this role. It happened to me years ago when I was employed and I, I basically wanted to leave the company because I was feeling frustrated. I wanted to go on my own. Also, there were certain things that I didn't align with the way they conducted themselves. And first thing, it's two directors pulled me in for an exit interview and said, look, we want you to be a director of this company. You should really just stop from it and review what you're doing to your career. We can do this for you. We can do this for you. We can do this for you. And I was absolutely adamant that is not what I wanted. And for some reason, people think that you will back down. And if it's a core value, you can't afford to do that because the minute you back down, you compromise your values. You also send a, a message out to other people around you. And if you've got kids, you know what? It's okay to compromise on my values sometimes. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe, and you are listening to The Cicado Show with Dr. Rowe and Harms. Cicado means to seek turning points. And on this show where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today, the mission is to provide you with what you need in order to create a turning point in your life now. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to create these shows is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you will have gained at least one insight which you can take away and apply directly into your life. Practical tools, voices that come from both generations, younger generation with tips and tools, older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience. So you can help unlock your true potential to give you the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level. To give you a chance to impact both your life and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. We welcome you to The Cicado Show. Before we jump into the show, let me just tell you a little bit about becoming a Cicado supporter now. If you love what we do on the show, have gained transformational insights and positive outcomes or any small shifts which have allowed you to create turning points in your life, then please head to cicado.com and become a supporter of the show now. By supporting the show, we can continue to expand by getting you better quality production, spending more time deep diving important topics and creating more exclusive supporter perks as well as getting great guests on. And by the way, as a thank you for becoming a supporter and depending on which supporter tier you select at cicado.com, these perks range from my weekly recipe for success emails through to audios and video courses from my 23 steps to success, which includes online modules on how to find your life balance, gaining confidence, improving your time management, making successful career transitions, understanding financial independence, creating a life purpose, understanding and how to manage your money, becoming a money master, understanding negotiation techniques, learning to communicate more effectively and so much more. So don't delay. It takes less than two minutes and you can become a Cicado supporter, helping to expand the show and get special perks as a thank you. Become a supporter now at Cicado.com. Let's get back to the show. Hello, it's Harms here and welcome to another episode of the Cicado show. Today, I want to talk about something which may make many people feel uncomfortable, partly because 
you may feel like a, there's just been a realization that actually what Harms and Roe are about to speak about and talk about and discuss is actually happening to me. I just did not realize it was happening. Or you may feel uncomfortable because you are going through this right now and you know you are going through it, but you don't know how to get out of the scenario you're in. And this is going to be hard to define, but let me just put a label on it and then we'll discuss into this space. And it's very much in the space of corporate pressure and corporate bullying and how this plays out in someone's life and what you can do about it. So, Ro, that's really what I, what I want to speak about, but also just flip that kind of introduction over to you and say, when I use the words corporate bullying, corporate pressure, what, you know, what does that trigger in your mind? Yeah, thanks. And first of all, welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. This is a short or a short medium. I'm not sure how long it's going to be. Uh, and again, we're always grateful for your support for those of you that are members of the Cicado support. Yeah, Harms, it's, uh, you know, this is one that's dear to my heart. We've talked about this a lot over the years. If I step back at the moment we're recording this, you could almost take this subject and talk about global bullying, i.e. countries that are bullying other countries. We're seeing this whole rising awareness of what's going on on a global level. For those of you been watching and following what's happening with Russia, et cetera, at the moment. So I think people might argue, well, it's not bullying, is it? Roe harms? Is it bullying? What we're talking about here is a situation where you might be in a work environment or you might be in a business where somebody is manipulating, uh, using emotional blackmail, possibly emotional leverage, uh, repositioning you to feel guilty about something because you haven't performed or you haven't acted or you're taking a position maybe on the side of another member of your staff or somebody you work with and you're taking a position to such a point where it conflicts or it is not in alignment with management or the leadership of that company. And so this creates a divide. It creates a feeling of pressure. And the bullying comes in when the people at leadership start to use techniques to manipulate you to make decisions or say things behind your back that offend you, but you only find out about it because you've heard it through somebody else and actually you weren't there to defend yourself and it put you in a bad light. It, it was defam defamatory, whatever you want to use the word. So it's very broad harms, but I guess the I mean, we see bullying in schools. We see bullying um, amongst adults physically, but we're talking more about here positioning, verbal bullying, and making people feel belittled because someone at a more senior level is saying things or manipulating another member of staff or somebody within the team. It's very broad, but at the same time, it fucking goes on all the time in companies across the globe. Yeah, and I think when you're listening to this, and you're listening at home, if you remember what I just said at the start, which is there may be a realization as me and Rose talk that actually what the Roe, you may have just said something just there, which has made somebody realize that mm. emotional blackmail, emotional leverage, that's just happened to me. And I didn't realize that was happening. So we can talk into that space in a moment. Mm. And another way to think about this is, has anybody asked you to do something at work has your manager asked you to do something? Has your boss, colleague asked you to do something which makes you feel uncomfortable? You don't quite know why you feel uncomfortable, but you get this feeling inside you, which is like, ah, that doesn't feel quite right. That's mm. your initial reaction. And I think that's another way in, in terms of how your personal radar 
will alert you that something something that's happening right now isn't right. And actually that that barometer, that temperature gauge, whatever you want to call it, is really your values. It's your core values and your body saying, oh my God, shit, this does not feel right. And initially it's a little bit of a tweak. It's a slight uncomfortable or discomfort. It's a feeling of you don't want to be in the same space as that person. I've even had occasions, even in the last year, where there's certain people that are trying to get hold of me, but they are going to have a conversation with me that I know completely misaligns with my values. And it's just, I'm not in the headspace to have that conversation because if I do, I might kick off. Uh, and, and I might have a conversation with them, which I don't feel should be had on a phone call, should actually be had in a broader space. So here's a classic example. Let's say you have a board of directors in a company and there's a subject that actually needs to be discussed amongst the whole board. But a member of that board decides they'd like to talk to you. Maybe you're somebody at management level and you want to bring this up. In fact, you've even been invited into that space. You want to bring it up it's headed off at the past. You can't even bring it to the into the room because the person that you're dealing with that you think has got an issue, they want to talk to you privately. And by having that private conversation, they can quash that conversation. They can, they can stop it coming up at a higher level. So you never get to express your concerns. And that goes against your core values of integrity, of honesty, of transparency. If you start to feel that, you'll get this sick feeling in your stomach. And the more it happens and this is just one example, but the more it happens in a work environment or a business environment, the more you start to feel conflicted. So I think you've raised a good point, Harms. This is really actually about core basic human values. And uh, if you're not, the problem is, and I know you talked about this actually previously, Harms, in one of our podcasts, when you're going into work and feeling more and more discouraged, you're actually coming home from work almost like, do you remember this? You described it, maybe you can go back into that space and explain it for the listeners. But the point being that if you've got a set of core values and you find more and more at work, you're feeling uncomfortable, chances are that you're having to step back and almost compromise those values whilst you're in that corporate space because someone else is controlling or dominating you and it will fuck you up. It will affect your psyche. It will bring home into your family, to your relationships. And at some point you will have a meltdown. I'm going to stop there for a minute. So one of the things that just jumps out there is one of the examples that you just described, Ro, is feeling like you're silent. Like imagine, exactly. imagine going Muted. into work. Muted. And being muted. You're, you're not allowed to speak because there may be kickback. You don't feel like cancelled. Sorry, is another cultural word now, isn't it? Cancel, being cancelled. Being cancelled is is the word and the, and the, the hot word on people's lips at the moment, which is if you say something, if you say what you feel, what you believe, you're you will feel like you're cancelled. Now, this can happen in the corporate or workspace mm. in the sense that you will be belittled or oh, that doesn't matter. You know, these little phrases that show up in conversation or you're missing the bigger picture or that's not important or we're too busy to think about the idea. All of these small phrases show up in that dialogue. And what it continues to do is make you continue to be cancelled or feel muted uh, in that particular scenario. So that's a great example, feeling like you're silenced. So you mentioned, Ro, just shifting the shifting the gear slightly about values. Now, by painting a picture for someone who maybe feels like they're in this scenario and they've got a conflict of values with their boss or their workplace, mm. how, how does this show up? Because what I don't want somebody to think immediately is, is like, is panic and think, okay, if I, am I just going to work and then compromising my values? Because mm. there's a set of values, right? You know, they could, you could, 
in your workplace, you could say, I, the reason I work here and the reason I'm connected to this workplace is they align with value one, value two, yeah, value three. Very good. And, mm. and, and the employer maybe has those at, you know, they may have those as written statements. We know, you know, big corporations like to have their values right. written on walls and, you know, they continue well, let, to let's, demo let's rephrase that. There yeah. are some corporates that have vision statements that hide behind those statements. Yes. But that's yes. not how they operate. They're not, not their core values don't operate like that. So they appear on the outside. What it says on the tin is not what's in the tin. Exactly. That's, that is the danger. Going into work where you think the tin Inside the tin and the outside of the tin are the same, but the outside of the tin says, this is what I do. But the inside of the tin is being operated differently. It's, you're not eating the fresh vegetables. You're eating some dog meat or whatever. Sorry. Yes. No, no. Well, another example is, you know, you, you've got the tin. It's really fantastically marketed, branded. You know, you get your tin open and you open the tin and actually it's all gone off. It's rotten. Yeah, right. It's, you know, it's, it's well past its sell by date. Toxic is a word that I've used on occasion. Toxic. And this, yeah. and this is interesting because when somebody goes into the workplace what they're seeing is these slogans these vision statements these exactly va- these values printed and that's what they bought into when they first came to the company yes but now what they're doing is they're noticing the actions take place and they're feeling more and more and more uncomfortable but what does somebody do when hmm. they notice that now they've got a clash of values and bear in mind you know there could be a group of values not everything is not everybody or everything is driven by one value. true yeah, yeah. So how, how does that play out? Because- it's fuck it's you know it's fucking difficult decision to make for any human being because there may be one value you really believe in and it happens to be a value that the company operates off. Yeah. At a, at an operational level. So serving the customers, I don't know, producing an amazing product that's really healthy and you freaking love it. You take it yourself, you are almost part of that product. And so you you are consumed by that. And on an operational day-to-day basis, some of the people you work with, et cetera, you love it. And you can be in a bubble like that. But the problem is that if you have any link with a higher level in the company and how it's being operated and you start to see cracks or you start to get concerned that maybe they don't completely aligned with what you thought, that's the challenge. And you could stay there and be in that space for a long time. If anybody's listening to that, I've experienced this myself. And I think you probably, to some extent, have even in your corporate world, uh, when you're in your job harms as well. Because you, there's a point when you've got to ask yourself the question, is it enough to stay here for this set of values, knowing that there's another set of values by which the company is operating, that overarching is actually not better for the, because remember we talk about this in the in the values uh, podcast, We talk, and, and also those of you that are on the Cicado supporters, you'll see some of the videos that we have and some of the series that I have there talking about core values, core beliefs, sense of purpose. So sometimes what will happen is you know, we, we'll be aligned with some values, but not others. And we can we can live for a while like that, but there's a point when you have to decide what you're prepared to stand up for. So it could last for a long time, Harminder. It could, it could last for two, three, four years where somebody's just feeling like their basic values are being met, but the, the, the rot, the cancer is growing. And there's a point, a tipping point, a turning point where enough is enough. I don't know if I've answered the question or not, if I've gone off on a tangent there. Uh, yeah, so, yeah so, so we're part of the way there. And before we get all the way there, there's what so one example that plays out here is because hmm. I want to give something tangible. Yeah. So you know when I was in, I'll, I'll give two examples. One which is personal, one which somebody else may resonate with. So when, when I was in the workplace, as part of my role was to renegotiate the working roster of about forty-five staff members. Now, the 
I had been a staff member, so I know when it comes to working certain rosters, you know, what, what they wanted to do was convert a 12-hour roster into an eight-hour roster, you know, without getting technical. What that means is for those who do shift work, you know, you kind of work on a 12-hour roster, you kind of work four days on, but they're 12-hour shifts and you get four days off. So you've got this kind of intense work and then you get some good rest. Bear in mind these day, night shift workers, late mm. workers. And what the company wanted to do was have more people at work more often and remove this four-day break. Right. And for those listening, if you're on the worker side, you can immediately start to see, okay, I can see where this is a problem. If you're, But if you're stuck in the middle here and your values are aligned with, actually, I want my guys to have good rest and for mental health, for human, you know, their spirit and yeah. their way to get some rest, spend time with their family. Because I've seen divorces on the railway uh, as part of working rosters. I've seen people not see their kids because of the way they work and get overtime, etc. They wanted us to shift to a roster where they work every single day and maybe get a day here off. And that's known as like an eight hour roster. So it's very, but after like five weeks, you get three or four days off as, as, a, as a batch. So you feel as a worker, you're constantly at work. Mm-hmm. There's no real break. Uh, and the company would argue. So that's an example of I'm in the middle here. I'm thinking, uh, I've been in that scenario. How does that really give them proper rest? Whereas everybody listening knows financially, it's better for the business to have them on an eight-hour roster. So, so here we've got an example. So the, the challenge we then face at the moment on that note is that the minute you so anyone listening to this, it kind of goes in stages. You get the feeling first, I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable, and you can, I don't know what happened with you, Carms, but you can sit on that for a while. Then you go, shit, I'm hearing more and more people on one side getting uncomfortable, and now it's magnifying my feeling of the value that I've got that's out of alignment. So then you move to the other side, in this case yours, and you have a conversation with senior management or the board of directors or whoever it is, and they're going to voice their opinion, which is, a polar opposite to what's happening with the workforce. And this is what's been happening in social media, I think, in the last couple of years. The challenge you've got now is the more polar those two conversations happen, the more challenging it is for your values because now you're being torn between these two extremes. And that's where the person in the middle gets really conflicted and can have their own mental health issues. And this is for anyone listening, if you're in this situation, the more you converse about these two polar opposites, you've got to have to decide which side of that fence you fall. I don't know if you had to go that way or not, Harms, but sitting in the in the middle is the hardest fucking thing to do. It, it, yes. So, so let me give you an example. It never got resolved in the time I was there. So for mm. those who know my, my journey, there was a point where I actually left the railway because I created financial independence uh, through property and online businesses. So I, I, was a, I actually don't know what happened as a resolution. But what I do know is this went on for like two years this conversation and part of that if anybody was actually observing the values they could have seen that me and a couple of others were in the middle here and we weren't aligned with with you know what was the outcome so here i am is having both conversations constantly negotiating but actually i'm not in in alignment with 100% in alignment with the workers principles i'm not in 100% alignment with the mm. um, the employer in this scenario if I had been somebody in the middle who had been one way or the other, we would have got to a resolution. Mm, so, interesting. So that's an example of here I am being everybody in the scenario going through emotional turmoil for two years, thinking their working and their lifestyle is going to completely change. You know, changing a roster is not, not an easy thing. 
Yeah, and, I mean, you go on. And it just doesn't get resolved. No. That, that's, that's one outcome. So, but, you, so, but the feeling stays. Right. Now, where, where the concept of bullying, in my mind, again, this is my label and your label, I guess, um, is where the, the people on one side, and I'm going I'm to go on to the side of the senior management, senior leadership, the board of directors, whatever you want to call them, depending on what the structure is, where they start to manipulate you. An individual who they Correct. know has influence, has connection with other people within the organization, and who has a strong set of core values, and they start to bring, bring to bear on you maybe deadlines, pressure. If you don't do this, then this will happen. And they will put the consequences of the company's profit. Possibly they'll say to you, oh, the customers are going to suffer if you make these decisions. And I'm sorry, but in my mind, the decisions aren't down to you as an individual. It's a company and the way they're operating that ultimately affects the the, the customer. But what the bullying comes in when certain people who have got their own agendas will use their own values, manipulate you by using your own personal set of values and saying, if you don't do this, then. And then the consequences are always a conflict to your values. And so you stay doing what you're doing. You just pimped out in that workspace. And I know that because I've experienced it myself. And what you just described there, all of those things happened. So in those two years, all of that happened right down to, Hans, you've got to get this person on side and tell them this. Right. They personally would Harms, never... Harms, you've got Harms, to. you've got to. So You've would, got to. They would never personally... Right. Bear in mind, we just, you know, one level, you know, on the corporate ladder, one level uh, apart from each other, they would not personally have that conversation. There was deadlines. If you don't meet um, this deadline, all of that, that right. played out. And there's certain people, I bet, that never showed up at a senior level that wouldn't be face-to-face with the people that you've got to talk to. Absolutely. We, I mean, I've seen it on board meetings where, I think I talked to this on a previous podcast, you know, directors of company do not even have their camera on sat in a board meeting. They're not, they're, 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 they're not even prepared to face the conversation and have that true, open, honest, transparent conversation. And it's scary to think at that level, people, because they're afraid. They, they know there's a conflict. So they don't want to get into that conflict. They don't want to have that honest conversation. They want to avoid it, yes. Avoid it. Yeah. Uh, or they, they're, they're more than happy for somebody you. else or exactly. you to have that conversation on their behalf. <laughs> and that's what's fascinating. So, so let, me, let me flip this and give, give like an arbitrary, arbitrary example, which, which can happen for a lot of employees, especially in the, the current world. Let's say, for example... You know, well, me and you, we take like a, you know, we take a health product, you know, that could be a protein shake, that could be greens, it could be a certain supplement, you know, for those listeners, you know, we, we, we are serious about when it comes to health and certain things supplementing our health. Let's say, for example, that company, you know, advertises, I'm an employee of that company, and that company advertises, we are the best in the market, we use the best ingredients, as an example. Now, here's another conflict, which I think a lot of companies are facing with a lot of employees are facing where companies have to cut costs. Say, for example, the company starts with, OK, we're going to tweak that ingredient in our product. And the reason we're going to tweak that ingredient is it's going to make us more profit. Mm. And everybody listening knows big companies you know what we expect of them often is what the case is. They want more profit. So, OK, we let one pass one ingredient. Six months down the line, we want more profit. We're going to let another ingredient pass. And here I am as an employee thinking I'm representing the best product in the market when yeah. it comes to a health supplement. But yet what they're doing is they're, 
they're swapping out the best ingredients for something cheaper. Cheaper. It's cheaper. It's less quality for the bottom line. That's another classic example. Uh, but what the company will do is they will use a scenario like it's maybe legitimate, like oh we've got issues because of COVID, so they mask it with a falsehood or or something which is kind of twisting the truth in order to get the outcome they want. Now you're you're here thinking, well, can I really, as a person, say COVID? Don't use COVID as an excuse. Like, how will that make me look in the workplace? But when really the scenario is somebody's wants more profit at the sacrifice of, you know, a good quality product. Does that make sense, Ro? Yeah. And now add the curveball that you're at that point where it's really starting to go from like, I don't like this to really uncomfortable and you even bring it up. And at the same time, they happen to sell, by the way, you're going to get a pay rise next month. Mm. Or as a result of us being more profitable, um, just let you know, you're going to get this. And suddenly you've got a value of security and protecting your family on one side. You've got a product over here that's being compromised and the conversations around the, the meetings are making you feel more and more uncomfortable because it's moving away from what you originally planned. But right now you're not in an environment where you can even go and get another job because maybe for whatever reason it's not possible. And this is ongoing for so many people. Mm-hmm. They're not living completely aligned with their values. And and this isn't, I'm not, this is not a criticism because I've had to live in this space myself and, and ask serious questions about what's going on here. So I guess the message here, if you're listening, is first of all, be aware of it. Don't beat yourself up if you're thinking, why am I feeling like this? Actually, be really clear on what it is and start to look around and look for the signs. Look for the signs of people's conversations being misaligned with you. People not being prepared to either compromise or take your perspective and and see if they're prepared to maybe adjust what they're doing to make sure that they're still aligned with the original intention and all those things. Classic example of this would be Dave Chappelle. Anyone that's followed the Dave Chappelle story will know that years ago, 20 odd years ago now, he walked away from a $50 million contract. He'd got the Chappelle show had got so successful that they were offering a huge amount of money to him. And if you listen to recent three or four, five years of interviews with him, where he's been more and more candid about it, he talked about the fact that he went into more and more meetings and they were trying to control or limit his style of presentation. You can't do this. You can't say that. And and by the way, with this money, it's going to be more corporatized, vanillaized might be a good word for it, taking out the whole Dave Chappelle type theme. And he lost, or he felt he was losing his, his creativity, but also didn't like the corporate manipulation that was going on. And this is how he expresses it. So he walked away from a $50 million contract and it was just like a complete a shock to the whole industry and and, and it's become a le- legendary conversation. Everybody follows it. That's a classic example of somebody reaching a point where their values are so misaligned. They go, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. And that's the hardest thing to do if you're in that space is to actually stand for what you believe in and say, this is not right. I can't carry on like this. But by doing it, you choose a side. You're not sat in the middle anymore. And what's fascinating with that story and the story that everybody is living through, you know, for somebody, it may not be a $50 million paycheck, but guess what it could be? Uh, If you compromise, you know, we'll give you that 500 pound bonus. Like it's all in perspective, right? So what you'll often find is if somebody, so this is one of the challenges, wrote. Once you start to have an open dialogue and say, hey, hey guys, I feel like something's not right here. I feel like there's a misalignment or... You mm. said this was the original plan. We're six months down the line. And actually what you set out to do 
we're not doing. We're not looking yeah. after the people. No, this is not customer focused. This is now profit focused, as an example. Or survival focus. Or it might even be just the survival of the people at that level within the company. Yes. You know, yes. It has to be done this way for them to survive themselves financially. Lots of values being put aside for the purpose of another agenda, potentially. Potentially. So when you get to that conversation and you've had that open dialogue, one of the challenges is, which everybody's going to have to face and make their own personal decision about, I think this is the message you're saying, Ro, is they will offer you some form of incentive Hmm. to stay quiet and carry on. That's effectively what we're saying here. Yeah, and that can happen. And it doesn't even have to be a financial incentive. It could be something else like you're going to be promoted. Mm. Uh, by the way, you know, if, if you do this, we're going to see, you, I can imagine you in this role. It happened to me years ago when I was employed and I, I basically wanted to leave the company because I was feeling frustrated. I wanted to go on my own. Also, there were certain things that I didn't align with the way they conducted themselves. And first thing, two directors pulled me in for an exit interview and said, look, we want you to be a director of this company. You should really just stop from it and review what you're doing to your career. We can do this for you. We can do this for you. We can do this for you. And I was absolutely adamant that is not what I wanted. And for some reason, people think that you will back down. And if it's a core value, you can't afford to do that because the minute you back down, you compromise your values. You also send a, a message out to other people around you. And if you've got kids, you know what? It's okay to compromise on my values sometimes. Well, it is maybe on smaller values on small decisions, but not necessarily when it's big decisions that are life-changing like this and that involve other people. That's a personal view that I have. So it's not it's not an easy answer actually to any of this. And I think if you're listening to this, you're feeling frustrated. I think ask yourself the question at the moment, what am I feeling most disconnected from what where, where's the biggest disharmony is it to do with the people i'm working with is it to do with money is it the decisions they're making and how far can can i carry on doing this before enough is enough and and you've then got to decide maybe you need to nip it in the bud now mm. because it does it will it just creates a rot in your stomach on a daily basis and i think it depends where you are with this because if you're listening to this and you've just realized that yeah. hang on a minute, uh, this is what's happening to me the emotional leverage the blackmail the yeah the offer of promotion if i do x y and z yeah what often happens well in your scenario you give an example this happens very much in professional careers which is work the extra hours yes you know keep keep on oh you, if you, you're working all these extra hours you'll get that promotion we're, yeah you know your promotion's in the bag but by working those extra hours, you're at conflict with your values because you're not spending time with your family. So. Right. So I think where you but, are... But, but, but part of the argument at home is I'm doing these hours so I can get a better pay rise and then we can have a better holiday and I can spend more time with you. Yes. So, so we then start to tell a story to the people that we care about who we actually really want to spend time with on the basis that when we go back into work, we're convincing ourselves that is the answer. So we, we're actually so far down the rabbit hole, we haven't come back out the hole to look around at the landscape and the world and say, well, actually, is this, have I even gone down the right hole here? Yeah. And, and, it, and that's one place you could be on a timeline, which is I've just realized. The second stage then what we're saying is, well, is have the conversation. Once you've realized, mm. have the dialogue. Because yeah. there could be a to and fro and you could get the other person's perspective and, and understand there's a true intention as to why they've had to shift or bend or alter some of the values. And then you can make a, a newer or fresher decision. 
Or also, or, or also a sense check is to find people around you that you trust enough. If let's say it's in a work environment, to say, "Can I ask you a question? Have you been feeling this, or have you noticed this?" And just it doesn't have to be like an explicit. Did you see this? This is my suspicion. I think this is happening, or whatever. That's probably too extreme. That's going out to the polar. But if you had a general in the middle conversation to get people sense check, and they go, "Oh my god, I've been feeling like this for months," and you go, "Really? What have you been feeling? Oh, I just feel like they're making these decisions, and it's not right. I came here for this." And you go, oh my God, that's exactly how I'm feeling. Now, it's two of you. This is a validation of an emotion and, a, va- and, a, and a, a value that you're feeling. And then you speak to somebody else. And actually, this happened to me where I've discovered so many people were feeling the same thing. Yeah, It's just that everyone was doing the same thing. They were just muting it and maybe it'll just pass. Hopefully, it'll just you know, I'm just going to keep going and people stay safe. They play safe. Uh, and particularly at times financially, when things aren't easy, it's better sometimes just to keep your head down and, and hope quote unquote, that it will go away. So actually a sense check is another approach to this uh, uh, so, within so, your, within your peer group. So here's an example of how a sense check has worked on a mass scale. Um, I don't know the name, but the gentleman who championed the, the, the documentary social dilemma so he yeah. was working in one of the big social media tech companies, if you like, and he noticed that the boundary of ethics was pushed right to the limit yeah. because what the products were doing, these social media products, was they were triggering an addiction in people. They were triggering, triggering everything myself and Roe have also been discussing in previous podcasts, this kind of need to stay hooked on your phone and keep scrolling. And he realized- Tristan Harris, I just found him online. Tristan Harris, and it's worth quoting his name because he's doing fantastic work. Amazing, so articulate, courageous, classic example. Classic example. And what he did was, he said, he put out a presentation on ethics and said, we've got a problem. And a load of people resonated with it. It went viral within the organization. It went viral within the organization before it went public. But the challenge he had was, he got to the executive level and they basically said, yeah, this, this is a nice project, but there was no actual change. Yeah. So he had to make a decision. His decision lip, was... Lip service. So that's a classic mm. example of somebody saying, They'll, we'll help you with that set of values. They don't say your set of values, but it's like, let's keep them quiet. I've had this done to me. Let's keep him quiet. We'll give him this to do, or we'll, we'll agree to that. But nothing's physically done. Nothing's physically done. And at that point, that's what we're saying to the listeners at home is now you've got to dig deep and decide... What is the decision you make? In Tristan Harris's case, he said, I'm stepping out and I'm taking this message global because that's the way I can make change based, mm. on, based on how I'm feeling. So that's a great example of somebody who's done it in a, in a classic new age corporate mm. uh, world. Uh, for those listening, another good example is, and I've just pulled it up on my phone, is Naomi Osaka, who quit at the, one of the highest levels, you know, four-time Grand Slam tournament winner, that she's mm. suffered mental health challenges yeah. because of the pressure around the sport. So she's stepping down. Like, mm. wow, this is another, I don't know, Rose, here's a question. In your time, you know, when you was growing up, were you seeing these people or examples like this play out to inspire, you know, people who are in the regular work job, if you like, to, to make the moves like the Dave Chappelle scenario that kind of happened well, in yeah, my I mean, lifetime. Well, yeah, I mean, Dave Chappelle was 20 years ago now, wasn't it? Um, yes. There have been, I can't think of any that come to mind actually quickly, but I, I think one of the reasons is that information travels so quickly today and it's, it's, it's presented in an instant and, and you can almost 
the the moment it happens, it just goes. Boof. You know, we've got the likes of, for example, uh, Joe Rogan, who you know we actually follow him. He's got twenty million followers, and yet in just in recent months, as you know, there's been conversations about he should step down because he's interviewing certain people, but he's actually just doing what we do. He asks questions, and he's following a set of values, and he's prepared to express himself in a certain way and bring certain people in. And he's standing up for what he believes in. We've got other people out there doing similar things in the modern world. When I grew up, when that happened, typically it was suppressed because you didn't have instant information like that. It might find its way to the newspapers, but depending on how the media wanted that information to get across to us, which is what I noticed when I was younger, it would never be frontline. It would be like page X somewhere in the newspapers. It would be news. Somebody stepped down because of this, their beliefs in X, Y, and Z. But it wouldn't be necessarily frontline if it didn't serve the narrative of the media at that time. Whereas now you've got polarity coming through the social media. You've got both extremes talking about the same subject. Yeah, totally. And, and I think if you're listening to this, you know, the reason certain names haven't been mentioned is we're talking about kind of the corporate space. Because, of course, you've got the Nelson Mandela's, you've got the Martin Luther Kings. Yeah. This is, you know, bigger. That's, that's somebody politically for their people saying this isn't right. We're talking about... Well, well, yeah, I mean, but actually it's a valid valid point. Nelson Mandela was when I was at university, so it was in the 80s. That that was a big one, the the Berlin Wall coming down. There's big, big statements made by groups of people. Yeah. Um, But actually, it's true to say, well, from my experience, that going back down onto a corporate level, it it didn't find its way to the surface. Like, you know, the the Facebook conversation where suddenly Senate are doing interviews with, you know, Zuckerberg, that sort of stuff just never seemed to surface. Yeah. Not in the same way that we see today. Makes sense. Um, But I think, uh, you know, to to try and wrap this up, if you were listening to this and you're trying to make sense of any of this, I think that, that it goes back to that inner compass and that fit. You've got to go back to your core values and, ask yourself, what do you stand for? What I found in being in this space a few times over the years is that when you do stand up for something, it's quite amazing how many people align with you that you hadn't really realized were as aligned with you as you thought. And that's because often we're in a space doing things and by default, we grab, it's like a center of gravity. We tend to create our own universe of little planets around us and their people. And the only reason they're floating around us and we're floating around them is because they have a center of gravity, which is a set of values that we are pulled to. And we have a set of, uh, you know, a center of gravity, which is our values that they're pulled to. And you might even not see them very often. I mean, I've got people I haven't seen for two or three years, but we still stay in touch either phone or, but actually when it comes to pressure, that center of gravity becomes one huge concentrated energy because everyone is pulled together to say, this is what we believe in. That gravity magnifies. Sometimes it's unspoken words. It's just who you spend time around that are aligned with you. It shows under pressure when you stand up and go, this is my center of gravity. This is what I believe in. I think that's a great place to leave the listeners with. And I just want to say thanks for having this conversation, Ro, because I think right now, based on the- It's not an easy one. It's not an easy one, but given the economic and political and the the fact that COVID has put pressure on businesses and business owners, a lot of people in their corporate and workplace jobs will be coming mm. under extreme pressure mm. and it potentially you know, borderline or maybe beyond the border of corporate bullying and they feel like they have to accept it or they don't realise it's happening. And I'm hoping this, this conversation will have opened their eyes to that. 
in order to take the next step, whatever that is for them. And we've given some options as part of this episode. Well, remember, awareness is the first step to change. So if, if nothing else, it's helped people go, okay, let me do something about this. Wonderful. So that's myself and Rose signing off. We shall see you on the next episode. Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would like to both personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Cicado Show. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal, on a professional level to help your life and maybe other people's lives, then please complete an important action for us, which takes less than just two minutes. Please become a supporter of the podcast by going to cicado.com. And as a thank you, you'll get access to exclusive supporter perks. And don't forget to simply subscribe to the show, share this product with loved ones. And we would love if you would take a moment to give us a review and let us know just how amazing this episode was. Thanks again for listening. This is Dr. Owen Harms signing out. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>